What is the purpose of wealth? How much did it cost to get a plaque in the Holy Temple? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we learn that wealth isn't measured by your bank account, but by how much you're willing to sacrifice for heaven. We are on page 26 of Tractate Nazir. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. i like to begin with a story. When King Herod set about expanding and refurbishing the Second Temple, there was a fellow by the name of Nicanor who stepped forward to donate the gates of the temple. Originally from Egypt, he traveled back to Alexandria and commissioned the finest craftsmen to design the temple gates. Once completed, he loaded them onto a ship and set sail for Israel. En route, however, a storm broke out and they decided to throw the first of the heavy gates overboard to avoid the capsizing of the ship. They were about to cast the second gate overboard when Nicanor cried out, Discard my gate and with it I shall go. At that point, the storm subsided. But Nicanor was devastated. After all his efforts, he would be returning to Jerusalem with only half the project. What good was a single gate? And then... Just as they were disembarking in Akko, lo and behold, he noticed a large object floating gently into the port. Can you imagine everyone's surprise as they realized it was Nicanor's first gate that had been cast overboard? The Almighty had heard this great individual's prayers, and miraculously the gates were reunited. They proceeded southward to the holy city of Jerusalem and fastened the now famous gates to the entrance of the holy temple. Several years later, with an expanded budget, various temple accoutrements were replaced with golden pieces. Nevertheless, they maintained Nicanor's copper gates in remembrance of the awesome miracle that transported them to the Holy Land. And while the base of Mikdash might be one of the only shuls without dedication plaques on every wall and stender, there was one item that would forever be known by the name of its donor, the wondrous gates of Nicanor. Today's stuff discusses a woman who vowed to be a Nazir and separated her sacrificial animals. The vow was then annulled. Any blemished animals are sold and the money is donated to the communal fund. Any unblemished animals are consecrated and may not be repurposed. How about non-animal items that were separated for the purpose of acquiring the sacrificial animals? Let's look at the Gemara. Says the Mishnah... If a woman vowed to be a Nazir and separated her sacrificial, sacrificial animals, but afterwards her husband annulled her vow, what do we do with the animals? If the animal was his, it shall go out and graze among the flock. And if the animal was hers, the animal designated as a sin offering must be left to die. And the burnt offering is sacrificed as a voluntary burnt offering. The peace offering is sacrificed as a voluntary peace offering and must be eaten within one day like a Nazir's offering but it does not require bread, unlike a Nazi's offering. If she had unallocated funds, i.e. she had separated money for her offerings, but had not stated which coins were designated for which offering, all the money will be earmarked for communal gift offerings. If she had designated the funds, i.e. she had decided which coins were for the payment of each offering, the money for the sin offering is cast into the Dead Sea. Says the Gemara, Rav Nachman said, When they say that if one designates an animal, it is considered as allocated, they taught this only if it is un unblemished and is fit to be sacrificed. However, if one designated a blemished animal, it is not deemed to be allocated because it is easily sold. 
However, this is not the case for a bar of silver, which must undergo an assessment for its value before being converted to cash. And Rav Nachman by Yitzchak said, even a silver bar is readily fungible. However, building blocks are not. Let's analyze the Gemara. Rav Nachman teaches the bars of silver are unlike cash and may not be repurposed. And according to Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, building blocks are unlike cash. What is it about bars of silver and building blocks that make them more stable than cash? Cash on its own is meaningless. How much money a person has in his bank account has little meaning. What matters is what he does with that money. Judaism doesn't shun material wealth. Our patriarchs and matriarchs were incredibly prosperous. Our sages tell us that the poorest person who left Egypt had no less than 90 donkeys laden with gold, silver, and precious jewels. Can you imagine how proud and affluent the Jewish people must have felt as they marched forth from slavery? They felt like kings and queens. But what could they do with all that money in the desert? They had all the money in the world, but it was worthless. There was nowhere to go shopping. In fact, they didn't even need to shop. Their bread came from heaven, and their clothes grew and remained ever fresh upon them. That means that money alone is a useless judge of self-worth. It's what you do with the money that counts. You were placed on this earth to make the world a better place. You are here to build the world and enhance it. That twofold mission is symbolized by the bars of silver and the building blocks. They're not money. You can't cash those in. They're worth so much more than money. Building blocks represent the task of building the world. We are enjoined to build strong families, institutions, and societies. Bars of silver represent the beautification of the world with which we are tasked. The Almighty doesn't want big construction projects. He desires beautiful families, beautiful institutions, and beautiful societies. We learn the importance of beautifying our service of heaven from the verse, This is my God, and I shall glorify him. You can't buy beauty with cash alone. It takes significant dedication and hard work. We have no idea how much Nicanor the man was worth. That information has long since disappeared into the annals of history. What do we know about him? That he was a builder. That he was a beautifier. That a piece of the temple was named for him. Such was his generous, beautiful contribution. Your net worth is not determined by the size of your bank account. Money comes and goes. You are worth as much as you have invested in building and beautifying the world around you. Nobody can ever take that away from you. The investment is forever. May you merit being forever remembered as a builder and a beautifier, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.